Hey fans, we all love some good music. A variety of music. What if we could bring Chriswell Studios to you 24-7? That's a long work schedule. Maybe, but you know, we just might have it. The best variety of music for multiple decades live on your phone 24-7 with our Gay Orlando Live online radio station. Better known as Go Live. Download the TuneIn app and search for Go Live or go to kristenwill.com for more info. So, tune, tune in! in. 24-7 Worldwide. Hey gang, we need your help. We want to be on the best podcast list. Our success is all because of you. You make us stronger, so let's make it even stronger. All you have to do is vote and vote for us. Our dear friend Rob Actis is going to tell you how. Take it away, Rob. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris and Will are amazing, and we want everybody to hear their podcast. So I invite you to go to podcastmagazine.com slash hot 50 and vote for chris and will do it on a daily basis and let's get them at the top 50 podcast magazine charts and get them on the hot 50 countdown hey what's this what about our life is it that bad? No. What about our life with Chris and Will? Oh, the show that gets you talking. Yeah, and these two haven't stopped talking for three seasons. <laughs> what does a nosy pepper do? What? Gets jalapeno business. <laughs> okay, buddy. Live. We clear. Three, two, one. It is totally time to take you into another great time with Chris and Will yes. inside our Chris Will Studios in Celebration, Florida. Yes! You know, <laughs> we have to brag for a little bit. Yes, uh-huh. we yeah. really do. Because you know what? Not only is the Chris Will Studios part of our company, copyrighted, trademarked, and everything else, mm-hmm. but we record not only this show in this studios, but we also have all of our programming from our famous Gay Orlando radio station, Go Live! Go Live! Yes! Yes. (laughs) People from all over the world go on the TuneIn app. Yes, that's correct. And they are constantly listening to our programming. And we got so much more planned for it. Yes, yes. Uh, We really do. We have... um, our um our, our internet gay international carnival that we do on Saturdays and you know Willie and I we 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 have our DJ name yes we do it's called DJ Trill, Trill. <laughs> and we're gonna go back into doing stuff like that plus we have sunsets and wine now that one I really love because you know that's all about the love and the romantic music yes of course and then your workout music which is energy in the morning. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then all day, tons of music from different decades, different genres. I think we have like seven different decades. Oh, we do. And it's called The Blend. It is. And we have over like 50,000 songs. So so not only is all of that set up here at the Chris Will Studios, but I bet you you wouldn't know this. Hmm. We also do filming here. Mm -hmm. Inside this studios is also home to 
our new show that's going to be coming out this summer yeah. called Characters in a Box, featuring Willie, of course. <laughs> and it's filled with all of our numerous puppet friends from the world of Kalora. Yeah. And we film, actually, that uh, children's show here at the Criswell Studios, amongst a few other things that we have. We have our editing inside the studio mm-hmm. to where we are currently editing the documentary yeah, that's yeah. coming out in the uh-huh. summertime. We're editing another project that's a cooking show Ooh. with our amazing friend Blythe Beck. Yes. Yes, so we're working on that. Then we have another show which is featuring Chris and Will called At Home Journal that we're also working on. And all that is pretty much either filmed, edited, recorded, or done here in this studio. It's a lot of it's it's yes. not only fun, but just but talking about it, it's it's like exciting. It is exciting. I mean... <laughs> now, of course, the studios right now is inside our home. So our team comes and visits us r- regularly. Uh, we do follow the mask guidelines and so forth. Yes. But we are in the process of moving the Chriswell Studios into a space outside of our home and into a bigger space here in Celebration. So we're looking to do that and expand so we are expanding so we're excited about yeah yeah we are really excited and we got so much more for 2021 that we just can't tell you right now Mm -hmm. so i'm always gonna say be sure to check out our website and keep up with our website and that website is chrisandwill.com yep Mm -hmm. yes so how are you guys? Yeah, I'm what's sure, going on? I'm sure you've missed us. I mean, we've we've been so busy. We've we haven't really had time to 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 record. <laughs> yes, it's, I it's, mean it's just so funny because we're over here talking, and I'm like, gosh, we've done this how many times now? And it was just like I just had like a dumb moment. Well, we have a full month of recordings. Yeah, I mean, we've yeah. got a lot of great guests and a lot of great guests coming, and then. We have season four. Yes. Yes. We are so happy to be returning to iHeartRadio for oh my another great yes. season four with a lot of different events, pride events, and great big time A-listers. Mm-hmm. So much going on. And, you know, and who knows? We're already starting to talk about a season five at the end of the year. So Now that's something. So, wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. can you believe we're almost starting to go talk about Five seasons of Chris and Will. Like what? Yes. And, <laughs> I mean, we, do you believe that by the time we get to season five, we would have done about a hundred episodes? That is crazy. A hundred yeah. guests on our show. Yeah. It's amazing. And we thank you guys so much for thank it. Thank you. Yes. And you know, of course, that's this is part of it. Because today we have another great episode of What About Our Life with Chris and Will. I'm really excited about this one. I mean, this is like, you want to talk about... Not only like iconic stuff, but you want to talk about stories. Yes, man, it's there's a lot of it. In. Yeah, uh-huh. yes, absolutely, absolutely. But you know, most importantly, as we're going through 2021, do you feel your freedom yet, man? Some of you, I know, or I want to say, some, girl, no. Well, I mean, <laughs> some of you in some parts of the world are, and some are not. Um, how is your year going? Have you gotten vaccinated? Have you made plans for the end of the year? I mean, are you really going nuts because you've been at home all this time? I'm or have you been taking all this time and you're like, you know what? Now's the time 
I've already done what I needed to sort through. Live life. Yes. Do it. Because you guys have been tough during this whole thing, and so have we. Yeah. So this you want to talk about you want to talk about being tested, or even just I don't even want to say surviving. I want to just say getting through it and living and coming out not only stronger but determined. You got to give yourself props. Absolutely. Definitely. So, you know what? Hey, this episode's right for you because this week we're talking about tough guys in action-packed Hollywood. There you go. Uh Yes. So you all are all tough guys. Uh Uh-huh. You really are. Hey there, tough guy. Yes. Sexy tough guys. And for the women out there, you sexy mamas. That's you right. Sexy, you sexy things. Yes. You strutting your stuff and your sexy things. Yes, we love people who strut their stuff and their sexy things, even if it's in their bathrobes or their towels above their heads. And we've tried that. You know, I don't know how women do that, but I have tried to do the Ferris Bueller's thing where you wrap the towel around uh-huh. your head and it's giving you this little cone-shaped thing. I cannot do that for the life of me. Every time I do that, the damn thing it falls, falls my off. ass. Yeah. See, me, I'm more kind of, I wrap the towel around my waist. See, and that's I can't, fine. I can't do that. Every time, I can never find a towel that's long enough to, to tie oh, down gosh. there. And when I do, it's like, oh, okay, all I got to do is wake, make one movement and go... <laughs> it falls down, and it's like, wow. All right. And that's the same thing with robes. Um, now, I have, you know, yes. I have a problem with robes. I really do. Because, yes, because there's like, you can go well, into detail what happens, about that. What happens with wearing a robe is you forget what you either are wearing underneath it or not wearing underneath it. Good point. So for me, when, I'm, when I go outside and I'm watering plants... I don't really, I don't remember what I'm wearing underneath the robe. So well, not I, only that, you're so missing, when I'm yes. bending over, I'm like, oh, I'm getting a draft. And it's like, oh, shit. Here because you don't tie the robe. That's no, why. I don't need to tie the robe. I, well, I can't tie the robe. You but, can if you wanted to. But so, you, <laughs> so that's why I hate robes because I forget what's, I forget what's underneath them and. You know, and I don't like to, I don't want to wear a ton of clothes underneath them because it's too freaking hot. It's too hot. Well, that's where I have a little bit different point of view. So me, it's the length of the robe because if you have a robe that's too short, then you're like, well, what if there's a draft and your legs get cool? Willie Willie will stuff himself on a mattress and walk around (laughs) in it if he could. And the second thing is like the little tie thing on the robe because I mean do you decide do you put one do you put the left side over the right side or the right side over the left side You know this has nothing to do with tough guys in Hollywood No it really just, doesn't just it, for a thought yeah. We went from but tough, tough guys to high Hollywood to talking about But then there are robes. some tough guys though that wear robes but they have a soft side to them So there you go maybe that has to do with it right Maybe I don't. I don't know. Maybe you, I don't but, know. But yeah. So basically, just tying the robe, and then there you go. You know, you yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know a couple of people that are probably listening to this and going, "What the hell are you guys talking about?" Anyway, um, so let's talk about tough guys in Hollywood. When you talk about tough guys in Hollywood, who comes to mind? Oh my gosh, Hulk Hogan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Defini- that was the first definitely. One. Um, I would have to say. Well, I mean, and it doesn't have to be men. It can be women. Wow. I would say it could well, be Well, okay, women. so this comes to mind. Charlie's Angels, you know, like from the movies and the TV shows. Wonder yeah. Woman, you know. Yeah. Uh, Chuck Norris. Oh, 
<laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. I would have to say Sylvester Stallone. Yes. I mean, because you got uh, the Rambo movies. Demi and... Moore. A lot of people wouldn't think that. Right, because she did she did G.I. Jane. Jane. She yeah. Did. yeah. She did. But Demi Moore is, you know, she's such a tiny figure, but she's such, she's like, Bam! She's yeah. like right there at your face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you know, and we and we just watched a couple months ago, movie Monster Monster Hunter. That's right. Yes, based off of the Capcom video game. Yes. Which I, as many of you know, I play video games, but that is one game I did not play, and it was my first time watching it. You know, from the movie perspective, I was impressed. Myla is hot. Yeah. That bitch has got some moves. Uh-huh. She moves like Jagger. <laughs> she does. She's got some things that turn gay men and sitting there going, woo, woo, honey. Yeah, especially when she plays in that sand in that movie. You're like, ooh, boy, I feel the heat coming from that one. Yes. Ooh, boy. She's, you got to see the movie. It's really great. It's, it is, It's yes. a fascinating movie. Yes, yes. Um, you go into G.I. Joe. How about some of the G.I. Joe stuff? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was a good one going up. Mm-hmm. Now, I know they did a live action of G.I. Joe. I did not like the live action Well, of just G. like Joe. they, um, well, you had showed me this, and I didn't, being a very um, big fan of He-Man the cartoon when I was a kid, I did not know that there was a live action movie. Oh, it was very cheesy. Yeah. Very cheesy. I yeah. think it's on Amazon. Actually, Amazon Prime, I want to oh, say. Okay. This is where it's, oh, it's bad. It's really <laughs> bad. Oh, my God. It is, wow. <laughs> I wouldn't even know how you would rate it. Mm. It was so bad. Um, wow. All right. Well, let's go into best action packed films of all times. Ooh, action packed. Action packed. I can tell you one that we loved and we have the poster of. It's called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes. That is a big yes right there. Brad Pitt got the deserving reward for that. And that was such a great movie. And you know what? We've always, we've said this before. You know, he probably doesn't remember because it's been a long time. But Quentin Tarantino. Mm Mm-hmm. Our, our our amazing time that we had at. Koji's. uh, Koji's in uh, in, uh, Irvine. Yeah. And uh, he was wasted. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. He's a great man. He's a really yes. nice man. Yes. But very tall. Very tall. Very tall. <laughs> I'm sorry. I keep laughing. Very tall. Because it was just here we are. We're like he wears Hanes, white briefs. We thought, fortunately, we saw that when we had to pick his ass up. <laughs> Um, <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, let's move on. Okay, uh, Terminator. You know, a couple of years ago, the the remake of Terminator came out, which was a very, very good, good. film. By I the loved way. it. Yes, 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 yes. Absolutely, Rocky. Yeah, yeah, the mm-hmm. Rocky Die Hard. Mm-hmm. Right now, did you like the movie Zorro or did you like the television series? The television series. I did too. I did yeah. too. Independence Day, that's a big oh, one. Oh, of course, yeah. The The Matrix, Rush Hour, Rambo, Born, I didn't see, didn't watch that. I didn't watch it. Now, I mean, I guess it's action-packed speed with Keanu Speed. Reeves. Yeah, 
Well, I mean, I know it's kind of different, but I mean, there is action because there is a fast bus, and he kind of does have to do some stuff. Keanu Reeves, I, you know, I don't know. I like Keanu Reeves. I just, I don't know. I just was not a big fan of Speed. And when they came out with Speed Two, I now was that like, one I didn't I just, like. I'm like, I didn't like that one. Yeah. Um, you know, hey, the hero, superhero films, Superman, yeah. Batman. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, my my famous Batman that I'm always gonna say is going to be with, um, what's his name? Are you talking about the first two films? Yeah, the they were the films that, uh, um, the that uh, the. Oh, God, I can't think of names. Why is it like I see his face and I can't? Oh my gosh, this is oh, it is so oh my gosh, crazy. No, oh man, it was well, well. Batman Returns had Danny DeVito in it, and right? For walking in it, of course, and Michelle Pfeiffer, Michelle Pfeiffer, of course. And those were the versions of um, Kevin Costner. No, no, uh, Michael Keaton. Yes, Michael, Michael Keaton. Keaton. Yes, that's what it was. Yes. Those were the the films of um, which Tim, I'm a Tim, Tim Burton. Burton. Big fan of Tim Burton. I love Tim Burton. Yes. Oh, uh, okay. Flight Plan. That was a good one. I like a lot of that things was a Jodie good Foster movie. does. Yeah, that, that Jodie was, Foster yeah. is very talented. I yeah. mean, talented in mm-hmm. every little way that you can go with it. All right, let's go action packed television shows. Oh, they well. have those. You talk about Charlie's Angels. Yeah, I've talked about one. that. Um, you know, growing up, I did like um, the X Files. <laughs> I didn't watch X Files as much. How about Stranger Things? I would consider Stranger Things action packed. Yeah, it, that is action packed. All right. Yeah. yeah, I'm waiting for season four. I can't wait yeah. for the, the season to come out. Uh-huh. Uh, you mentioned He Man. No, yeah. now here we go. Here we go. Now we have Netflix. We have not watched it. We should. Everybody is telling us to watch it. Uh, Cobra Kai. Yeah. Everybody's all, telling us to watch but it. See, here's... I've heard it was really good, and I want to watch it. The problem is, you guys, hey, look, we love watching television, and we love watching movies. Mm-hmm. The problem we have is because we've got so much going on, and we're so busy, it's hard to find that time to fit it in. Well, not all, yeah. You, do it's so late in the night that you're tired and that you can't concentrate to it yeah or it's very hard for us to binge watch because we don't know when we're going to get back to it so that's why sometimes that's why we're like if it hits the movie theater then there's a good chance we're We're going to see see it it. yeah because we you we do dedicate time to go to the movie theaters Mm -hmm. without the movie theater experience i think we're going to miss a lot of entertainment yeah um here is my disclaimer studios I do not agree with bringing a film to streaming first or at the same time. I think you need to space it out because yeah. if you go back and look at your history, you guys, um, when you tried to do it for pay-per-view in the 90s, wow, it huh. screwed with you. It, yeah. it worked for a little while and then it stopped. So go back to the research studio execs. Because in the 90s, pay-per-view was a big thing. You thought it was going to be promising, and it was mm-hmm. for a while. It was in the 90s, late 90s, early 2000s, because we rented some some stuff for pay-per-view That's for, right. for a while. That's right. Actually, if you remember this, Mulan, we saw it in the movie theater first. We saw Mulan Rouge in the movie theater. And then and we, we rented, rented it again yeah, on pay-per-view. pay-per-view. But and, in the 90s, yeah. they did the same thing kind of like what they do now, 
to where in the 90s, when the movie would come out about two weeks later, it would be, or a couple of weeks later, it would still be in the movie theater, but it's on pay-per-view. Right, right. So they did it for a little while, and it worked. But again, the problem of it was, is it they weren't successful. It didn't last. It mm-hmm. didn't last. So, ho- so hopefully they get rid of that options, because I think that the movie theater experience is another way Mm-hmm. my personal opinion to get people off their ass <laughs> i mean come on if yeah you're, if we're gonna if we're gonna push people to stay at home to do all this other stuff then great but come on get off your ass and go and do something and with all these different things closing from the pandemic and all it's so sad because there's not going to be much for people to do yeah they're gonna go stir crazy and then the earth is gonna tip over because we all got fat <laughs> I mean, we no. all get fat and, you know, nothing against fat people. I'm not skinny myself, but for goodness sakes, I mean, we're going to have a shortage in freaking potato chips. <laughs> we are. Frito-Lay is going to have a shortage of oh, okay. Frito-Lay so, because so, Doritos is going to have a shortage of Doritos because we're going to have a attack of the human people eating junk food because they're too damn busy to get off off their ass that they got to order the Doritos. And now that you can go to the grocery store and buy a BOGO, buy one, get one free, there's going to be no more Funyuns left. Oh, my God. There are no more Doritos, no more Fritos. You're going to be stuck but with But there'll be Pringles, chips. though. Uh, that shit is one bite. <laughs> you're going to be left with veggie tips. And I love veggie chips. Yes. But after that, chips. we're going to be going to rice cakes. And nobody wants oh, that. Oh, gosh. Nobody wants that. That's like Rice Krispies out of the box. Oh, which gosh. is great, but I'd rather Fruity Pebbles. Anyway, uh, so going back, Law and Order. Yes. Going in CIS. Yes. Game of Thrones. Have we ever watched? We Game haven't. Of Th- I don't think we no, have. No, that's an HBO. You know, show. and an an old show, Columbo. Yeah, yeah. Car fifty four. Where are you? Uh-huh. That's, a, that's another big one. Uh, Miami Vice, MacGyver, of course, yes. Magnum PI. Yeah. Ninja Turtles. That was a good uh, phase for a little while. Uh huh. The original Ninja Turtles. Yeah. And then they made the movies out of it, uh-huh. which were fantastic. Oh, yeah. Loved definitely. it because remember, they made a uh, Ninja Turtle movie and Vanilla Ice was in it. <laughs> do you remember that one? I, I do. Yeah, yeah. I want to say it was in the first one. I thought that was the second one. Was it the second one? You maybe could be. it was the second one. Yeah. I don't remember. It wasn't the third. I know that. I don't that. remember. I don't or maybe. Remember. Oh, gosh. No. Gosh, I don't remember. Star Trek, that's another one. Action Pack in Star Trek. I love that yeah. one. Yeah. Yes. And I like Star Trek the Next Generation. Definitely. I can I you know, I've I've tried to watch a lot of the, the other Star Treks and they're great, but nothing beats Star Trek the Next Generation. I agree. I mean I and even during that time when they had Deep Space Nine and then um the one right after that, I can't why is it not coming to And you me? know, I don't know if they still do. But they used to have Star Trek conventions. And oh, yeah. I remember because my late brother-in-law loved Star Trek. And they would have one in New Orleans and we would go there just to go there. And it was so much fun. We would never, I mean, back in the day, they really didn't have cosplay. Or if you call it, people dressed up in the Star Trek uniform. But it wasn't really. But it really wasn't a cosplay thing. Yeah. I think when some people dressed up, you they just got the dirty looks and you're like, whatever. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, but because even back in the day, I mean, here we are talking about fat guy stuff for a little while. Um, even back in the day, they had 
a grocery convention in Baton Rouge. Wait, what? They did. They had a grocery convention in a Baton Rouge. And basically, all the different grocery store products would go to this big convention hall and they would they would give you samples. Oh my gosh, you would wait, come wait, home wait, with wait. bags so you of pay, samples and coupons. You pay to go to a convention to get samples. Yeah, well, it's kind of like food and wine at Epcot. Okay, well, You okay. pay to go to Epcot to get samples, except... Yeah. Except except at the grocery store convention, you paid one price and you got all the samples. Unfortunately, at Epcot, you pay to get in the park. You still have to pay for the samples. But, oh, my gosh. And you got coupons. They gave Luke. you coupons. The grocery stores hated you because they knew you went to that convention. Well, wait, wait, wait. Because you had bags of coupons and you had to go. And double if, coupons. Yes. <laughs> and you had to, if you wanted to save a quarter, I mean, my gosh, if you wanted to save a quarter, you went and looked for uh-huh. those coupons. And Do that, you remember that one show, Supermar- what was it, Supermarket Sweep or something like that? I don't know. It I was a game show. It. Yeah, I don't watch it. You know, I didn't watch game shows. We Oh, we, I I watched them a really, lot. We couldn't, yeah. I think, because you know my parents had the TV in the living rooms. The only thing that they watched was Will Fortune. Oh, okay. I think that was the most Will Fortune and Jeopardy. Those were the two that really came on. The rest of them, we were never home when it came through. But yeah, but yeah. So they had grocery store conventions, you guys. I mean, it was. Poor people in Fat Guy Heaven. Oh, my God. Because let me tell you, for like 20 bucks back in the day to go in, oh, it was it was great. And you got all these samples, and you just it was just wonderful because you didn't have to pay for the samples. And so what we would do is we would go with a group of people, and, you know, one of us would go and grab two bags, and the next <laughs> one would go and grab two bags, and then the next one would go and grab two bags, and then... We would go back and say, oh, I need to go get, I need one for my mother who was never there. And we went and got all that. And oh, my god! We would sit there and say we were coming up with names of people that, we, <laughs> that weren't even there just to get the extra. It was, it was fascinating. It was such a great time because, you know, we didn't have a life in the 80s and the 90s because oh, we were we so did. ancient because we didn't have internet, you know? Uh, yeah. So we yeah. had to find ways to entertain our time. Uh. But, um, but yeah, I would have to say that grocery convention was action-packed. Wow. It was. It was action-packed, especially when the Doritos showed up with new bags. Oh, my gosh. That's right. Because you know what? When tough guys aren't out there and they're, you know, doing that action— Hey, they 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 end up at a supermarket hey, convention. You know what? For for big people who you love know? food, it's all about the fight. <laughs> food fight. It was all about the fight. We didn't care about no uh, tickle me Elmo. All we cared about <laughs> oh is how gosh. we were going to get those free French fries at Burger King. Oh my gosh! That's what how it was. Because remember when Burger King had a free French fry day? So you went to Burger King and you got free French I fries. I really up. don't. But oh, they did. They had French fry a free French fry day. In the 90s. I remember McDonald's having, like, the hamburgers, like, really, really... No, McDonald's had the dino-sized fries. I mean, these were the mega fries. Oh, they were... The super-sized su- fries. Well, it was bigger than super-sized. It was, like, double the size of super-sized. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it was great. Oh, it was fantastic. Because, you know, that's all you would eat is the McDonald's fries. But, no, Burger King had free French Friday. Oh. We are not even talking about tough no, guys we're in Hollywood. Not. I'm telling you, Fry Guy and Fat Guy <laughs> Fry is guy. getting the best compliments <laughs> oh right now. God. Ronald McDonald is probably the toughest guy on this episode right now. 
But you know why he's probably. A, yeah, 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 probably. Yeah. But you know, well, you it's know not what? That's right about... because remember he had to make sure to um, keep the hamburgers from Hamburglar. Yeah, well, he had to. I mean, yeah, well, that's true. You know, that's true. Oh, pff, we're so awful. <laughs> Can you tell we're hungry? I mean, we really are hungry. I don't know why. I mean, we ate a we lot did. today. Yeah. We really ate a lot today. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then Willie calls me fat. I did not. And he says, you're fat today. I did not. And it's like, oh, that's lovely when your husband says you're fat. I did not. I guess what will happen is, is I'm going to be too fat to share the bed, so I guess you'll be on the couch. Okay, roly-poly. Well, you can have the couch. As some people you know say, well, the couch joking. is very comfortable. Well, that's where we'll really sleep tonight. That's right. No. You know, because once I get on the bed, I'll be Norbit and sit there and go. Oh, no, no, <laughs> no. I tried to pretend to be Norbit. If you haven't seen that movie, you need oh to see my it. Gosh. I tried to pretend that by doing in the, by doing that in the car, but I, w- my, I wasn't fat enough to for my boobs just, to hit the not, horn. No, you know, no. Try, but. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. Moving on. We have a wonderful guest with us today. He is so entertaining. And, yes. you know, very important because um, he does a voice of a very important guy from a very important time of our life. Mm-hmm. And he always did some special messages. And let me tell you, gr- growing up, at least for me, um, that was probably the best and closest father figure you were going to have. Yeah. And when he came out and gave you that advice on what to do, what not to do, or how to do certain things, it was so refreshing because it was done in such a way that even as a child, you you understood it, and it you was wanted comforting. To, you wanted to listen to it. You wanted to, to learn. It. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, I'm not going to go into full details about my own childhood, especially with Willie's, as, as well goes in the documentary. But, um, but in any sense, I would have to say this man has really grown to be a great father figure for at least us. And, mm-hmm. you know, it just just by the work that he's done. So we are very excited to have him on our show. Yeah. We are talking about the amazing Hank Garrett. Yes. Hank Garrett is best known for Car 54, Where Are You? Mm-hmm. He's also been on Columbo. Yeah. Uh, Dukes of Hazard. Of course, we missed that one. Knott's wow. Landing. Yeah. He was the voice of Fluffy and Eddie from Garfield and Friends. Remember wow. that? Yes. The, that cartoon. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Just, wow. Yes. He is also known as a heavyweight champion inducted into the Wrestling Hall of Fame. Wow. Very famous. And, you know, yeah. this is where we know a lot of him for and we are so excited about this yeah he is also the voice of dial tone from gi joe yes so you know i can't tell you how excited we were to hear about this interview Mm -hmm. and how exciting we are to finally meet the man behind the voice yeah and let me tell you this is going to be such a great conversation. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we have a lot of great conversations, and he is he has turned out to be an amazing man, a great friend now, and so we are really glad to actually sit down and have an interview with him. So sit back, relax. We're going to give Hank Garrett a call, and we're going to talk to Dial Tone, you guys. Wow. Yes, get what? ready, get yes. ready. He's coming. So Hank Garrett is coming up. 
When you put the pandemic aside, you start to look at your own inner self, which means your own sufferings. We're all going through something in life. Yes. Part of our brand is to help and continue to help. And help is what is needed sometimes just to be able to focus and focus the right way. I've dealt with mental abuse, anxiety, depression, and a list of other issues that I struggle with overcoming every day. Both of us have dealt with some sort of issues. With my own issues like heart disease and so forth. That stuff takes a toll on you and sometimes we want to give up. Please, please don't. Just like with us, you'll survive all of this and no matter the current times, we're all going to live happy. We have created the Best Friends Forever Foundation, completely managed by us and our team, totally funded by our company. It is built with you in mind. You need someone to talk to, be your friend, offer you help, or just your chat friend, we can help. Need help? We will set it up and pay for it to get you the help you need. Working with some of the best doctors in the country. Believe me, we are all in it for you. Our goal is to have assistance available to you whenever needed, even if it is to talk. We want to have a safe house for you to go get more assistance. These facilities will be nearest to you and guaranteed to be there for you. In dedication of celebrating you and giving you love with awareness, we have Williams Heart Pin available online to wear close to your hearts. Proceeds go directly into the foundation. Go to chrisandwill.com for all the details. Remember, you are loved. We love you. Love yourself and the world will love you in return. Chris and Will introducing you to an amazing getaway. For the first time, we both treated ourselves to a day of pampering. If you're in the Tampa, Florida area, then please make sure to treat your own self to a day like we did at Spa Nirvana, a sanctuary for face and body, a spa day for men and women. The staff is so friendly, the place is clean, looks amazing, and the best of it, they're following the safety guidelines during these current times. Truly a professional environment. The cost isn't bad neither. Make your appointment today. Imagine a day where you can get the most incredible stress-free relaxing massage, body work, facial rejuvenation, and microdermabrasion. They have so much more to offer, including their signature facial services, including an aluminum oxide-free crystal microdermabrasion facial, the lifting facial of mature skin, and the most comprehensive, purifying, deep cleansing facial. Plus, you just can't beat the environment of soothing music healthy snacks and drinks and you just have to see it for yourself guys it's totally worth it this is a weekly thing for us now and i can't wait to go again this is a chris will highly recommendation spanirvana.com is the website you can go to chrisandwill.com for the link as well spa nirvana 811 court street clearwater florida 33756 call 727-447-7546 to make your appointment today. Services are by appointment only and they are filling up fast. So treat yourself, your inner self, to a vacation day at Spa Nirvana. We are honored to welcome iconic G.I. Joe legend, Hank Garrett. Hanging in, waiting breathlessly for your call. well we appreciate that we were actually going through a lot of your stuff and and um you know i'm gonna jump ahead a little bit but i was kind of like shocked when i sat there and learned that we are interviewing dial tone today yeah (laughs) oh thank you 
Ah, oh, oh I'm going to tell you how much we grew up with that show. Yeah, I had G.I. Joe uh, figurines. We it was, did. Oh, my we gosh. Did. So it's just, and I'm oh, per- that wonderful. You know, I, I did a, a show in Florida some time ago. Uh-huh. And, uh, and we're doing an autograph show. And a guy came up with tears in his eyes. And I looked and I said, hi. And he said, oh, my God. He said, you can't believe how I feel meeting Dial Tone in person. Ah, uh, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. It's so, it's so incredible. I'm pretty sure that I have a Dial Tone action figure somewhere mm-hmm. in the old boxes. Yep, yep. I'm quite certain of that. So, um, yes, that is incredible. So let's kind of go into that a little bit before we go into some of your past, a uh, further past. Absolutely. So tell me about that experience. I mean, that had to, I mean, you, you're obviously an icon and a legend in so many oh. sorts. Yes. But I'm, just, I'm just an actor that was fortunate to do a bunch of stuff. True, very true. But you know, you you touched many lives, yeah. and uh, with the work and the talent and just the personality that you have, um, has changed a lot of people. So you know that makes you definitely um, an iconic uh, individual, I a agree. human being, a real good human being. Yes. So, so yes, well, and thank you, thank you. I uh, all I do is. Just remember the kind of life I led when I lived on the streets. Yes. And uh, so, you know, and I I thank God every moment of my life uh, because what I'm trying to do is uh, save kids. In fact, we're, we're, my manager and I, we started a thing called Hankster's Kids. And what we're doing is having a place for kids that are on the street to come to wow uh, after, after school and we'll teach you we'll we'll have games and if you're hungry god and i know how important that is yes and we'll mm-hmm. feed you wow very incredible actually very nice and There's, that's that's there, based yeah. in california right yes absolutely wow very nice very nice just hearing that brings a warm feeling and like just a comfort to me because it's so it's not only genuine it's and there's passion and there's it's i know it's real i just i feel it and that's incredible thank you yes uh because as as a kid i actually slept in cardboard boxes on the street wow Uh, wow yeah so let's so, so let's go yeah. back. Let's go into that before we, because yeah. I, I was going to talk a little bit about dial tone, but we'll get to that later. Let's talk about that <laughs> a little bit. So you know, obviously, you have. Um, we read through the book, an incredible book, by the way. Amazing, very nice. Oh, um, thank you. Yes, and it. I have to say, if you have pretty much gone through almost everything mm-hmm. I, I i just don't know what else in life has in store for you that you could possibly go through that you haven't gone through already so you know well, you haven't met my ex-wives 
<laughs> well, you know, that's true, too. That's true. But let's let's go into that backstory a little bit. So tell me a little bit about growing up, because you grew up in Harlan. Um, you grew up in Harlem, I'm sorry, and you, you, you went through so many different diversities. So tell me about that. Uh, my, my folks were immigrants, uh, and uh, when they came to this country, they uh, got uh, a push cart, and they sold fruits and vegetables on the push cart. Uh-huh. Now, they uh, put in 15, 16 hours a day. I was born very late, very late in life to them. My mom was in her late forties. My dad was in his late fifties. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh, and we lived in a slum. We lived in a fifth floor walk-up. And I, I don't want to paint too graphic a picture, but right when you came into the kitchen and put on the light, the walls were covered with cockroaches. Wow. Wow. Uh, and they would absolutely invade the entire apartment and i remember one one evening uh when i was living in the apartment uh i felt a a weight on my chest and i put the light on and was a huge rat sitting on my chest oh my gosh wow and that that was the kind of life and actually it was the norm for where we lived Uh uh-huh I decided then uh, I was going not going to spend more more time living in that condition. So I actually slept in cardboard box uh, on the street, uh, or I slept under the stairwell. Uh, and then I saw, as a kid, I saw so much death, uh-huh. shootings, and in fact, at one time. A bunch of us were walking home from school, and one of the kids fell, and we thought, well, he tripped. He's just so clumsy. But when we looked down, there was blood pouring out of his head. Oh, my someone gosh. On a roof, someone on a roof opened fire with a rifle. Wow. wow. Just fired, fired into the crowd, and it could have been me or anyone else in that group. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of life I led. Uh, one time I was standing at the, at the stand with my mom and, uh, with the pushcart and a woman came over and she said to my mother, is that your little boy? And she said, oh no, 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 that, that's my grandson. Hmm. And I thought my mother is my grandmother. And then uh, just a few years later, uh, a census taker came to the house and my father was talking to the man and the guy said, how many people in the family? And he said, there's a woman and her three sons. Those are my two half brothers they were referring to. Uh-huh. And he said, and who are you? He said, oh, I'm an uncle visiting. Now my father wow. is my uncle and my mother's my grandmother. Oh, my. Wow. I realized that I lived such such an incredibly frightening life. I didn't know who I was. Mm -hmm. In fact, on my birth certificate, there were four last names. Oh, Ah. my my father, who was 
and illegal in the country. Uh, he met my mom, who was a widow, and they lived together, and he assumed her last name of Greenberg. Uh-huh. And on my birth certificate, there were four different names. And I said to my mother, which one of these guys is my father? And I meant that sincerely because I didn't know who I was. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, my anger, I became a street tough. I fought all the time. Uh, my, I got my nose broken at, at the age of nine. Oh my a gang, God. a gang member punched me in the face. Wow! I was standing in front of the building. So that was the kind of beginnings, and uh, I was hated. I hated people. I was looking for trouble. Found it. Also found a lot of beatings. Uh huh. And and at one point I became a cop. I right. said I'm going to become a cop because I'm going to make a difference. Yeah. I could not make a difference. Right. Now, in fact, yes. Would you say that when you became a cop was this before or after you? Because uh, you'd mentioned in your book that Sammy Davis Jr. had changed your life. Was this before yes. that or was this after that? Oh, well before. Mm. Well, tell uh, me about that. Yeah. My, my, yes. My my mother, uh, you know, uh, she had a steady customer who happened to be the mayor of New, of the uh, of Harlem. Uh-huh. And, and he bought with stuff, and my mother was crying to him that I was always in trouble. Uh, cops were looking for me. Uh -huh. One thing or another, a lot of stuff that I was not involved in, mm -hmm. but because I was the only Caucasian in that entire area, uh, uh -huh. they picked me as being something outstanding, and so they questioned me about different things, and I had no idea what the hell they were talking about. Right. But the mayor of Harlem came over to me. And he said, I just finished talking to your mom. He said, and I'm taking you out tonight. Hmm. Now, when you tell somebody I'm taking you out, that means I'm going to kill you. Right. Uh. And I, I thought, oh, that's nice. My mom just put out a contract on me. Uh. <laughs> so he came to me, and I was standing there with my fellow hoodlums. Uh -huh. And he slapped, slapped a cigarette out of my mouth. I was 12 years old standing there smoking. Wow. And I was going to throw a punch at him, but then I t looked and two mountains came toward me. Those were his bodyguards. Uh-huh. So he said, do you have a suit? And I said, yeah. He said, wear that suit tonight. He said, but before you do, hey, man, take a bath. <laughs> well... <laughs> He picked me up that evening, and we went to the Apollo Theater. Wow. I was, I was 12 years old. Nice. And when he went, not into the theater, but up to the dressing room of Sammy Davis Jr., he wow. brought me in, and he said to Sam, this is the kid I was telling you about. And Sammy said, sit down, man. I sat there. 
He said, you tough guy? I said, yeah, I'm tough. He said, well, tough guys usually wind up with broken bones and scars. He said, but you're beyond that. You're going to go to prison or you're going to die. Wow. And it it hit me full force. I had a gun in my pocket. I had a 25 caliber pistol in my pocket. Uh Uh-huh. And I, I felt that gun getting heavier and heavier and heavier. Jamie Davis Jr. got me a job. I was a band boy with an all African-American orchestra. And I said, I, I'm not a musician. He said, no, you're going to be a band boy. You put out the charts for all the different musicians, the correct charts. And after the gig, you would collect all the stuff and put it away. Uh-huh. Well, I did. Uh, and was, the band leader was named Lucky Millinder. Uh-huh. And I did the show. We went and did the show at the uh, Teresa Hotel. And after the show, he came up to me and said, Hey, man, you did a beautiful job, baby. And he, and he gave me $50. Wow. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, next, he said, Get yourself some new kicks, shoes. Uh-huh. My shoes were torn to, torn to shreds. In fact, I had a big rubber band around my left shoe to hold the, the, the sole in place. Wow. Went to Florsheim shoes. I bought a pair of Florsheim shoes for 15 bucks and gave the 35 to my mother, which is more money than she had seen ever. And then he got me, a, 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 the band boy got the from there. He made a phone call, and I got a job up in the Catskills. Mm-hmm. And I always had been a little, you know, a funny. I wrote some funny jokes and once uh-huh. in a while, all about the neighborhood. Okay. And well, God. 20-some-odd years later, after learning my craft up in the Catskills, I appeared at the Sands, opening uh-huh. for Tony Bennett. Amazing. Wow. Very nice. And right in, right in front of me was Frank Sinatra. Oh, my Dean goodness. Martin, nice. Peter Lawford and Sammy Davis Jr. <coughs> now, after the show... Everybody ran to Tony. The only one that didn't was Sammy Davis. And he came up to me and said, you are a funny cat, but I know you from somewhere, man. You know, you look so familiar. (laughs) And I said, Sam, you remember the kid you said was going to go to prison or die? And he looked at me and said, you? I said, yes. We stood there, we hugged, and we cried. I imagine. Two grown men just sobbing. Wow. And, and Sam Sam was a- my angel. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear God, you know, dear God said, this is your angel. I go to prisons now, and I talk to kids children that are incarcerated from the age of 11 to 17 
Wow. And I don't talk. I don't talk down to them. Mm-hmm. I just tell them, I was there, right where you're seated. I was there. I came from the streets, just like you guys. And I said, God sent me an angel, Sammy Davis Jr. And I told them the story. Uh huh. Well, I got letters from each one of these kids, and it's it's in the book. Uh-huh. And they said, Mr. Garrett, Sammy Davis Jr. was your angel. You're our angel. Wow. Incredible. And wow. it just blew me, blew me away. Of course. Yes. I mean, that's just, there's no words to even describe that. That's a feeling that's with all of your life's journey and experience. Of course. Yes. yes. That is incredible. So. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Uh, yes. I mean, the fact that through your childhood, you know, and growing up, and not only did you overcome that, you're giving back. That's inc- that's incredible. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, in fact, we're starting another, uh, uh, my Deanna Marie, is, who's my agent, she's my manager, we're going to have a place called Hangster's Kids where kids can get off the street. Come, get it off the street. There'll be games for you to play. There'll be places where you're safe. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and and let me tell you, there's food. Uh-huh. I know what it's like to be without food for the longest time, living off scraps. Uh-huh. My friend George and I, we used to steal potatoes and throw potatoes into a can that was on fire. And that's how, what we lived on, those potatoes. Wow, yeah. And so I want to make a safe haven for kids to come to. And you know, and it's so needed, especially right now with what everybody's going through and the way life in general is headed and at, at the moment. It's just going to be, there's going to be so many, there's going to be so many more kids that are going to need that assistance. Absolutely. Yes. So that Absolutely. is, that is wonderful. So tell me, well, yeah, you're yes. welcome. So tell me, so with all of that, at what point did you sit back and say, okay, well, you know, I want to be a cop. And now all of a sudden you play a cop in Hollywood. So <laughs> tell, I know there's a huge difference between that, but, you know, tell me, it, tell me about that a little bit. Absolutely. I, after I, I actually took a severe beating uh, in a uh, police headquarters. Uh-huh. Uh, they were looking, they were looking for a friend of mine, a guy named Lefty. Uh-huh. Uh, he had, done something that I have no idea and so they pulled me in and they beat me to try to get information oh, wow. I didn't know where the heck he was but they kept beating me and finally one detective uh, walked in he saw that I was a bloody mess and he said you know he says where's Lefty and I said honest to God I don't know where he is he said, get washed up. He walked, took me to the bathroom, got washed up. And I walked home. I could, I limped home. And I walk into my block, and there's Lefty 
standing there playing handball. Cops wow. couldn't find him, but he's right there. <laughs> I, I went, uh, you know, I'm going to become a cop because I'm going to make a difference. Yeah. Wow. I joined the, joined the police force, and I realized I couldn't make a difference. Uh-huh. I tried, I tried, I tried. Uh, if you came into the neighborhood in the uniform, people hid. Yeah. Even the people that I knew all my life, they didn't want to talk to a cop. Because if they spoke to a cop, it meant they were marked. Right. So, I, a friend of mine who was, his wife was that a, a Hikins secretary. Uh-huh. And he was a comic, and I was doing comedy up at the Catskills. And he got me an audition. Hmm. And I walked in. I was just a, two, a couple of months on the police force. And I met Nat Hyken, the genius, the guy who created the Martha Ray show. Uh-huh. And, and Bilko. Yeah. And, yeah. and I sat there, and he said, you're Ed Nicholson. I said, oh, no, 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 I'm Hank Garrett. He said, Ed Nicholson. He said, he said you're just the kind of dummy I'm looking for. He <laughs> said, Nicholson is the character I want you to play on my new series. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, after they got me off the floor. <laughs> <laughs> so... And I became one of the stars of Car 54, Where Are You? Wow. Nice. <laughs> and it was, oh, what an amazing ride. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, my God. I am sure. I mean, so so tell me, do you think that um, with playing the roles as a cop, and in some cases, you know, like doing the voiceovers like with G.I. Joe, do you think you kind of fulfilled that I wanted to make a difference through those roles? Yes. Uh, I travel around the country and I was doing celebrity autograph shows. Uh Uh-huh. And the proceeds go to the disabled American veterans and the wounded warriors. Right. Mm-hmm. I only take my cost, and with Deanna Marie and I traveling around, we raised over $60,000 for the wow. best. Wow. Incredible. And it, it it's, well, I, boy, I'm not trying to blow my horn, <laughs> but I went to Vietnam on my own. I, I paid for my fare. Vietnam, uh-huh. and I was I was frontline entertainment. Nice. I wanted to get up there where the kids were, and try to make a bit of difference. Wow! Well, one day, uh, years later, where th- there was the thing called the traveling wall, uh-huh. a list of all the kids that were lost in Vietnam. Yes. And we went to pay honor to it, and a man came up to me, and he said, I remember you from Vietnam. I said, oh, he said, you brought us laughter when there was nothing to laugh about. Wow. 
That's incredible. And I looked, I looked up and just thanked to God, thank you, dear God, for giving me the opportunity to serve my country to, by bringing a little bit of joy to these kids. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah, it's. Yeah. Um, I know the the uh, Vietnam Wall very well. My uh, my oh. my mother's uh, first husband was killed in Vietnam, so I have. Uh, oh. Yeah, so I have I have half I have half sisters um, from that relationship, and um, in fact, we have a lot of the in our space here at our house. We have a lot of the condolence letters and everything for that time, and you know we still play. Um, honor to his legacy, even though I'm, even though I've never met him, and you know I'm not blood related in that sense. But um, right. the fact that uh, you know his his own mother took care of us as brought us into the family as we were one. So I remember when they created the uh, memorial wall, and it traveled, and it was such a great experience to have and be a part of. And so, yes, that's a that's a great legacy. But I will have to ask my mother, though, if uh, she remembers um, her husband watching you perform. I will have to ask her. I will have to ask her that. Wonderful. Yes, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure she does, uh, and she probably has because they talked all the time. And he was such a he. He was an honorable man. He always sent her love letters, and it was so cute. It was actually uh, interesting. Oh, yes. that's beautiful. Yes, yes. So very nice on that one. So let's let's talk about. You've had a lot of biggest big challenges in your life. So how would you say? Um, that you, how would you give the best way that you've dealt with bullying um, and overcoming poverty and then making that right choice to say, you know, hey, look, I can't do this anymore. I need to change my life and then actually do it. Well, when coffee, when I wound up doing Call 54, and I, I promise you, uh, I was just so lucky. Uh, I had no idea what what was going to happen next in my life uh-huh uh faced a lot of challenges and one point i was in a terrible automobile accident uh-huh. and i a friend of mine was driving we were coming back from the catskills mm-hmm. and he fell asleep behind the wheel oh wow uh, we we hit the uh the oncoming well we tried to dodge the oncoming traffic and we jumped the divider, and we were heading over to the side. And it looked like a level side, but when you got close, it was a 40-foot drop. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. We went down. He was killed. I was catapulted out of the car. There were no seatbelts. And I was wrapped around a tree backwards. I wound up in the hospital uh, in rehabilitation for 13 and a half months. Oh, wow. Now, the, how God works in mysterious ways. A cousin of mine was a nutritionist. Uh-huh. So he came, he came to the hospital, he brought a big box of supplements. Uh-huh. Oh, I mean, tons and tons of stuff. They confiscated the supplements. They said, you cannot prescribe medication you're not a doctor. He said, I'm a PhD. And they said, you're not an MD. 
Oh. They took everything and threw it in the trash. Oh. Wow. He came back the next day with what looked like a 7,000-pound box of candy. <laughs> it was massive. And he said to me, you give the chocolates to the nurses. You do not do anything with, with sugar. He said, and all the stuff that I want you to take is in the bottom layer, and it's all labeled as to when and how much to take. Well, wow. it did. I was told when I first had the accent that I'd never walk again. This uh -huh. is what an intern said. Well, needless to say, I'm working out in the hospital using the pulley weights. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm, I'm able to walk out, and the doctors are slapping each other on the back saying, well, we did a great job on this guy. Huh. Was, <laughs> now, as I'm walking out, I promise you, I look at the nurses, and they're all broken out in zits. <laughs> all the candy I get. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's nice. And they nice. said, oh, what a sweet, what a generous <laughs> oh, that's true story. That is so classic. Classic, wow. classic. That's amazing. You know, so going through all of that, you know, and throughout your up to then career, you went into some other stuff too. Um, oh. So, what I would like yeah. to know about is what gave you the interest to wanting to go into wrestling. I was, uh, I, I met a guy who was a gold medalist in the Olympics. Uh -huh. uh, he was, and he was training at the Y on 135th Street. So I was, oh, I, I devoted. I mean, I watched him work out, and, but I did not have the finesse, the, the quickness uh, that he showed when he was lifting. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So I became a power lifter, and I was d using massive poundages. In fact, I broke the New York State powerlifting record at one point. Oh, wow. So now a guy comes to me, and he sees how huge I am, and he said, how would you like to become a pro wrestler and make some real money? Oh. I said, are you serious? <laughs> I was I was 16 at the time. Wow. So I, uh, yes, and I, I stopped working out, and he trained. He dyed my hair blonde. Oh, wow. They, <laughs> now, I'm known as, he gives me the name, Hank Daniels, the Minnesota farm boy. <laughs> I've, ne I've never seen Minnesota. <laughs> and I'm wrestling as Hank Daniels, Minnesota farm boy. Now they had to change my birth, my the date of my birth, because I was 16. And in order to get to become uh, a pro, you had to have a license. Wow! License uh -huh. to be at least 21. Uh huh. So they changed my birth date, made me 10 years older. And now I'm, uh, I was 17 when I turned pro, and now I'm 27. Oh, wow. And I've, got, and I've got to tell you, I had a fan club. 
the youngest member of the fan club must have been 107 years old. <laughs> there was wonderful little old ladies uh-huh. who took to, who adopted me. And every time I appeared, any stadium or hall that I appeared in, they showed up bringing tons of food. Nice. Oh wow. And, and the other wrestlers loved it. He said, Hank, when is your fan club coming in again? Because they <laughs> ate all my food. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's classic. That must have been a really warming support uh, oh, feeling. Oh, it was, there was one incident, and I promise you, it was so true. I was wrestling a guy, a very well-known wrestler, and he picked me up and slammed me. And his, he, he was going to do a move called dropping an elbow. Uh-huh. So he goes up in the air and comes down, elbow first, right into my chest. Uh-huh. Well, he slams me, he's getting ready, and I hear this pow! And he grabbed the back of his head. One of my fans <laughs> got in the ring and hit him with a Coca-Cola bottle. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> and she's screaming, Leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, <laughs> that's now he says he says to me, I'm not gonna hit her, but I'm gonna kill you. And I said, Wait a minute, I didn't hit you, she did. <laughs> that's funny. Now the referee says, Hank, please get your fan out of the out of the ring. <laughs> so I t- I take her and I help her down the stairs. Yeah, <laughs> and we're, we're standing outside the ring. <laughs> my, my nemesis is in the ring, looking down at me and says, "Get back in here!" And I, she yells, "No, it's too damn dangerous!" <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great! And we both we both left. I walked her over to where her friends were, and put. They got into a cab and they left. And I, I came home. <laughs> I, I got in the locker room, changed, and came home. I got fined <laughs> for it, but it was, oh, they were so incredible. They made my wardrobe, my costume that I wore. Uh huh. Uh, a robe with a stand-up collar, with covered with sequins. Uh-huh. Uh, and they they were just amazing, just amazing. Wow! Wow! That that these, these little old ladies yelling, "Oh, don't you stay away from him! You, <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, don't touch him there!" <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's just you classic. know. You're that's talking classic. about that, and like I could just picture that. And you know, I think that that's almost like a prelude to. Because um, you were honored at the Wrestling Hall of Fame. So yes. how was that experience? Oh, my God. I just thought of myself as, as an athlete. Uh, and then the fan mail started coming in. And thanks to the, my fan club. Uh-huh. Because they were contacting people all over the country. So wherever I appeared... If these, my fan club wasn't there, 
there were people that had been contacted by the fan club who showed up. And because I was an attraction, thanks uh -huh. to these wonderful ladies, they were building me up to become a star in, in pro wrestling. Oh, wow. And, yeah, so it was just all oh, incredible. Now, do you still now, have the robe that they made? I don't have, I'll tell you what happened. When I got into the automobile accident, my father was told I'd never walk again. Uh-huh. He destroyed everything I had. Oh, oh wow. Every piece of wrestling memorabilia is gone. Oh, man. Every, every once in a while, somebody will come up with a photograph. Mm-hmm. And we have a couple of photographs in my book. Uh-huh. Uh, but not much. Not much at all. Wow. And, and, uh, and the book, uh, which, which, thanks to Harlan, is just people are reading it. There's all saying it's got to be a movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So and right now, uh, and it's he. In fact, he came up with the title. Really, nice. Oh yeah, nice. So you know, from Harlem Hoodlum to Hollywood Heavyweight, that that title was created by Harlem. And it's a great title. He's, yeah, he's amazing. He's, he's amazing. Oh, oh of course, is. yes. We, we love everything about Harlem. Uh -huh. Everything about Harlem. Yes. And, you know he is such a he is such a generous, uh, generous, generous man, and he cares for so many different things and so many different people. And I mean, he, in my opinion, he's the angel on earth that is just needed for everybody's lives. In my opinion, he's just amazing. I have such trust in Harlan. Uh, I had one bad experience with the with the publicist. And uh -huh. then I met Harlan, and I, I went, "Wow, yes, what an amazing human being!" Oh yes, and he's oh, yes. such a good heart. Yeah, uh -huh. he is. Uh -huh. He is. He definitely is. He totally yes. is. Yes. So let's go into. Um, well, first of all, we got to ask about Audrey Hepburn. Yeah, you escorted her oh. to the gala. <laughs> let's talk about that. Oh my God! God is good. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I I had gotten a call from the manager, my my wrestling manager, and he said, Hank, uh, because I was quite young and had this shock of blonde hair, <laughs> he said. Uh, uh, would you want to do some bodyguarding? He said, and it's, it's actually going to be an escort. Uh, and I said, sure. He, he says, it'll pay, if you, you know, we pay a few bucks. Maybe you'll have a time. You'll have a good time. And I said, oh, okay. He said, you have a tuxedo? And I said, yeah. He said, wear your tux. Okay. Now I get a call. Uh, from a chauffeur said uh, Mr. Garrett are you ready and I said sure go down and here's a limo oh okay <laughs> I get in the limo and he's not telling me much I said where are we going he says uh, we have to go to Malibu 
I said, oh, uh, he says, you're going to be an escort? I said, yeah, I understand. Well, we go and we drive up to this estate in Malibu. And uh, he's, the chauffeur says, you know, stay in the car. I'll, I'll go get uh, our uh, the date, your date. Uh-huh. I said, my date? <laughs> <laughs> he goes and brings out, and I'm looking, and I'm just looking, and I went, oh, my God. Oh, heart, don't stop now. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Audrey, Audrey Hepburn. Wow. I step out. She says, hi. And I, she said, your name? I said, Hank. Well, she said, oh, of course, they told me. Uh, I, I escort her in, and I go, do I sit with the, the driver? I, or do I jump in the trunk? I don't know. <laughs> 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 and they ask her, and she says, so tell me about yourself, Hank. And I'm going, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> <laughs> my tongue is caught under my shoe. Wow. And, uh, now we go we go to uh, Beverly Hills, and it's an auction. They're auctioning for having dinner or lunch with Audrey Hepburn and she was much into fundraisers for Uh children hospitals okay Uh we drive up to this hotel I get out before I can even escort her the chauffeur's there and he helps her out and the chauffeur says to me are you going to hang out over here with all these other bodyguards and chauffeurs I said okay I'm standing there, and she said, Hank, you know, you're coming with me. Wow. Mm. I look all the other guys, and I went, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> and they, we go in to the dinner. Now, I see, also see some guys standing around the, up against the wall, and the guy ushers her to her seat and she said uh, Hank you're sitting with me oh uh, wow I'm sitting there <laughs> and she said uh, and they come to her and said what would you like to drink what champagne <gasps> wine what? and I'm <laughs> I'm still left the tongue in the car oh, yeah <laughs> And I, I'm sitting with her, and I'm having dinner with Audrey Hepburn. Wow. And they they bid $25,000 to have dinner or lunch with Audrey Hepburn. Wow. That's nice. Wow. And I, and I tell the story, and I said, and they, they said, did they bid on you? And I said, $1.95. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. And so we we sat through the thing, and she's talking to me, and she said, "How did you become a professional wrestler? You're so cute. <laughs> Aren't you worried that you're going to get hurt?" And I said, "I'm quitting tomorrow." <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Well, took her home, and the chauffeur said, after he dropped her off, 
And she said, thank you, Hank, for a wonderful time. And she went, oh, oh, you're sweet. And I'm going, oh, my God. I'm wetting my pants. (laughs) (laughs) And the chauffeur drove me back to the hotel I was staying in. And he said, Mr. Garrett, you never stop smiling from the moment. (laughs) (laughs) He said, it's gonna, uh, looking at you, I know it's going to take a week or two before that smile disappears from your face. Oh, that's great. Now, did you uh, keep in touch with her after that? No, we were asked not to. Ah. Uh, you know, I said, uh, it's, it's wonderful if she wants to contact you, that's permissible. But you do not contact her. Wow. I said, yeah. I'll meet with the wishes, of course. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. That's that's great. So let's go into your your voiceover work really quick before we wrap it up. Um, you <laughs> did you did the voice of Fluffy and Eddie from Garfield. Yeah. So, so tell me <laughs> tell me about that one. That was another one that we grew up with. Yes, yes. Another great one. Mm-hmm. Oh God, yes. Uh. I met a gentleman who was working on Garfield. He was directing and uh, also writing a a good portion of it. And I went up and he said, these are the two characters. And I I looked at Fluffy was this chubby kind of dog. And Fast Eddie was his tiny little companion. Uh And so I I just came up with the voice. I, I I see it uh, that that fluffy would talk like this. <laughs> and, was, and and now I had to do fast Eddie. So I said, okay, now I'm going to be fast Eddie. And what we if you don't listen to what I'm saying because you'll get confused. <laughs> yep, that's great. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That is that is wonderful. Wow. <laughs> Well, the funny thing is, I I had worked with Peter Falk, and years ago in my act, I would do an impression of Peter Falk. Uh-huh. So I had to do, uh, this was a show in New York, and it was called Trials of O'Brien. Uh-huh. And it was Peter, Peter Falk was this kind of broken down uh, attorney. And so I was doing the impression of him, and... When I did a guest appearance on his show here in California, uh, he said to me, uh, tell me, hi, are you still doing an impression on me? And I said, uh, well, Peter, I, I don't do impressions anymore. And he said, are you trying to tell me that I have lost favor with you? Is that, is that the case? <laughs> and I said, said, Peter, I'm putting it right back in my act. I'm featuring the voice of Peter Falk. <laughs> <laughs> and we became friends because I was, oh, he loved the impression I did of him. So it was great fun. Wow. wow. And then you went right on into dial tone. So let's talk about dial tone for a little bit. So, uh, <laughs> so, so tell me about that experience because you're like the heroic uh, the heroic one in there. And I loved how G.I. Joe went and did these little uh, PSAs. Yeah. 
um, oh, at, yeah. in the episodes. Oh, those were so great. Yes. And I wish they still did them in cartoons. Now I agree. Kids I agree. Kids can learn so much. But, um, but yeah, so tell me about Dial Tone. Uh, yeah, it's uh, another voice I created. And uh, Dial Tone was like the communications expert. And he was always up on top yelling at guys to get going, get going. And remember, G.I. Joe. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, uh, I did an autograph show in Florida, uh-huh. and uh, people were lined up. And one guy came up, and he said, he had tears in his eyes. And he said, Mr. Garrett, I said, yes, to think I've lived long enough to meet Dial Tone in person. Ah. Uh. Nice. Yeah. I was so I was so flattered. That is amazing. So one uh one final question I have to ask you. So when you want what do you want the general public to see your legacy as? Uh I believe in God. Yeah. And very, very strongly. Uh-huh. And also Try to be kind to each other. I, I lost my son to a motorcycle accident. And he was always, he had probably had attention deficit and hyperactivity. Uh-huh. So he was always in trouble. Be, and no fault of his own, truly. Because no one knew how to address high, uh, what he had. Right. And I couldn't save my son. I want to save other kids. Wow. And that uh, that's why we got this this Hanks's kids. Uh I will appear anywhere if it's to help children get off the street. There are too many kids that are losing their lives needlessly because there is nobody to tell them what to do not force them to do anything other than make life interesting for them yeah make them want to be good make them want to stay out of trouble and so that my deanna marie uh my manager and i that's what we're striving for in fact, the book, my book, uh, which is dedicated to saving kids because the proceeds will go to the disabled American veterans and the wounded warriors. Nice. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Um, we love the book. Yeah. We love everything yeah. that you do. And you are such a heart, very warm felt person. Yes. And... You know, I, it, this has been more than an honor to sit yes! and talk to you and well, have I, you on our show. I am so honored by you, too. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Well, thank you. We feel it. We, we really do. honestly, we do. genuinely I mean, feel that. Yes. I mean, you are a very incredible person. And, you know, I... I I will always view you as a uh, a legend and an icon because you're definitely that. Mm-hmm. And just the work that you're doing for these kids and just in general for the veterans is just 
amazing and you know uh so you're our angel and that's and that's that's the best way to put it so we appreciate you very much and i also i also want to say you know and you've probably already already felt this but in those times of your life where you felt like like when you became a cop and you couldn't make a difference you did it in a secretive way that is more beneficial and i know that sounds really out there but it's so broad it's there's no words for it yes so i hope you feel that (laughs) thank you well hank thank you so much for being on our show and we wish you the very best and we definitely recommend that book yes um and uh you keep us posted on anything that's going on in your future that you'd like us to assist with we'd be more than more than honored to help you out with that Mm -hmm. thank you so much you got you guys are bringing tears to my eyes well thank you well hank you guys take care of yourself in california take care of yourself during these amazing times if you want to call it um but uh we appreciate you being on our show and thank you again yes thank you Thank you both, and God bless. What an amazing man. Truly inspirational. Oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's dial tone. I mean, you can't get any better than that. Of course. A father figure for many. And for those of you who don't know who dial tone is, YouTube it. Go look it up. Uh We do want to thank Hank for coming on our show and giving us another great episode of What About Our Life with Chris and Will. Stay tuned because we have more episodes with new topics and new celebrity guests on the way. That's right. Yeah. And you got to go to our website, chrisandwill.com or go to Instagram at chris.and.will or also Facebook under The Real Prince Charming. Of course, and we want to thank all of you for joining us and keeping us going. Yep, and also be sure to go to our website for the link to Hank's new book and to go to his website, hankgarrett.biz. He has some amazing things to talk about. Plus, you know, he's got tough guy cologne and so much more. So be sure to go to our website Mm -hmm. to go get his details for his website. And you know, you guys, make this year your year of being a challenger and making 2021 your year. Take care of yourself. Always remember we love you. We thank you. And remember to love yourself and the world will love you in return. But for now, we must go. Bye. Bye. Today's episode was a Chris Will production broadcasted on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google, Apple, Amazon Music, and other podcast media platforms. Show hosts, Christopher L. Ante and William Ante. Show guest, Hank Garrett. Chris Will show assistant, Ginger Lutz Ross. Chris Will show creative consultant, Tony Ross. Show introduction voiceover, Tony Ross. Business operations, Janet Maynard, recorded at the Chris Will Studios in Celebration, Florida. Produced by Chris Will, a Cali, New York company. Copyright Chris Will. All rights reserved. ChrisandWill.com for contact, links, and other event details. Produced March 2021.